afternoon and welcome to the Girls Who, Spe- Girls Who Sell Spotlight podcast, where we talk about everything business to business sales. My name is Heidi Solomon Orlick, and I am the founder and CEO of Girls Who Sell. At Girls Who Sell, we are not only committed to closing the gender gap B2B sales, but to building the largest pipeline of diverse, early stage female sales talent. We are more than a company. We are a movement. On today's episode, I am super excited to introduce you to Jennifer Standish, founder of Prospecting Works, a sales coaching and training organization. Jennifer helps companies get the most from their prospecting efforts. She works with her clients to increase reach to their ideal customers, double the number of appointments scheduled, and has created a step-by-step sales process that actually makes prospecting enjoyable. Is that possible? We will find out. Jennifer, thank you for joining us today. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah. So why don't you tell me a little bit more about what you do and how you became a sales trainer for salespeople? Oh, okay. So I I was the director of business development for a marketing consulting firm. And that was my first sales job. And that's where I learned how to cold call. And after 12 years, uh, the owner decided to close the firm. And so I went off and built a wood turning business because I'm an artist deep down. So as I was building the wood turning business, and I have a line of kitchenware that I sold, I became an appointment setter. So I built my entire business setting appointments for other wood? What is wood turning? Wood turning is, do you know what a lathe is? Uh, it's right. So, um, so you put a piece of wood on a lathe and it spins and with various tools, you can make a bowl, you can make rolling pins, you can make pepper mills, you can make salt cellars, yarn bowls, whatever it is. And, um, it has to be round. That's the key. It has to be round. And so I have a full line of kitchenware that I sold all over the world. And while I was doing that, though, I always had my foot in in corporate America somehow. And I was working for other trainers delivering their program. Um, and a couple of years ago, I just said, you know, this wood turning business, I love it, but I don't want to be 65 years old with a chainsaw in the middle of a forest by myself because one <laughs> accident could could really put me out of commission. But if I'm a trainer, that's a much safer, that's a much safer career choice. So I flipped it. And this now is my primary, you know, business. And I do work turning on the side. Um, And it, it's proven to be like a, a wonderful, wonderful switch. So what ended up happening was I was working for uh, other people's trainers and was concerned that they that they were doing a disservice to their students. I was I was frustrated that we couldn't work on delivery more and I was really frustrated with not being able to address the mindset. So that's why I left and created Prospecting Works is because I have an approach to cold calling that is holistic. It's inside out. We always start with mindset first, and then we go on to the other aspects. We deal with uh, software, we write scripts, we role play, we identify 
you know, who it is that they're calling, all that sort of stuff. But I always start with mindset because you can put in place everything that they need, but if they don't have the proper mindset, they're going to fail. And yeah, so- I agree with that. So let's let's unpack that a little bit because um, I think mindset is important, not only from a prospecting right. uh, aspect, but probably... I mean, throughout the entire sales process, right? My mindset plays such a big part of potential success, right? And we talk a lot about mindset versus personality, right? So why don't you tell me a little bit about, you know, how you define mindset? What are you seeing in terms of some of the... um, you know, approaches to mindset that uh, really makes someone good at prospecting and at sales? Sure. So there are three places that I concentrate on and it's cognitive distortions, you know, the things that we tell ourselves that are not true, that always lead to bad decisions. And it's things like mind reading, trying to predict the future, believing that just because you feel a say a, a way about something that everyone else feels the same about something. Um, but then I also go into what I call foundational rules. And these are the rules that you learned as children. And it's things like be quiet. Don't speak until spoken to. Don't interrupt. Don't be a pest. Don't talk to strangers. And then also all of the bad things that people hear about cold calling just from friends and colleagues. And I unpack all of that to see what are you, what is the baggage that this person is bringing? And when we write the scripts, and of course, you know, I'm a big woo-woo kind of person. I have a book of affirmations that I send everybody um, I that kind of gets you into that the, the right mindset. But what ends up happening is, when we write the scripts and we start to clarify for them the value that they are bringing to their clients, how for a commercial insurance producer, you're helping them help companies reduce their risk and, and be protected. And you're keeping that company's employees in their homes, roofs over children's heads. I mean, and we really take it far down the line. And then they start realizing their value. And their mindset changes because it's not just about selling insurance. No, it's Mm -hmm. about keeping roofs over babies' heads sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the whole process, we're dealing with mindset all all along. Um, It makes when you believe in what you do and you believe you can help people and you've done the best research to try to find out, you know, who are the people that they can best serve. When you call and you ask for an, when you call a stranger and you ask for an appointment and you get the appointment that changes your life. And so I've watched my clients' personal life trajectory completely change based on the skills that they learned to cold call. It's it's phenomenally rewarding. And uh, it's something that I love to celebrate with everyone. Yeah, that that's a real interesting shift, right? I, I love that. It's not about selling insurance. It's about putting roofs over people's heads. And yes. it just... That like is mind blowing, right? When you think about that, and then it make it. I could see that it would make it so much easier to make that phone call, right? Because um, you know you you're you're moving away from just selling a product 
to selling something that can change a person's life. Right. Yes. Yes. It's I, I, I'm somebody who I can't sell something that I don't believe in. Mm -hmm. And so I think that people really have to take a look at what they're representing and do they believe that they can really help people? And then they're calling from a position of authenticity Mm -hmm. and doing the research and making sure you're calling, you're not calling everyone in the world. You're calling a very narrow audience. Um, And so you're calling with integrity and you're calling to help. And when people understand the value that they're bringing, it almost becomes like they have this moral obligation to reach out to as many people who they would define as their you know, best prospects and offer their, their help. Now, not everyone is going to accept it, but that's okay because you can just move on to the next person. So the rejection that's involved in cold calling, if, if with my approach, there is no rejection. There is yeah. no um, and there is no fear. And you believe in what you're calling about. Um, so it's like I said, it's a holistic inside out sort of approach that's very warm and fuzzy, but it, it makes cold calling not scary for people. Yeah. They, they yeah, end up I mean, loving it. Yeah. Which is amazing. I mean, one of the things that we hear a lot from the young women that we work with at Girls Who Sell is we're trying to position sales as a viable career choice. I think one of their biggest fear areas is rejection and prospecting. Like, oh, I can't sit on a phone, you know, all day calling strangers and being told, you know, 95% of the time. So that, so talk to me about that Um, in terms of, you know, how do you help, help salespeople compartmentalize that to realize that it's not personal, um, that it is business and, and to help them, you know, to, to, you know, to realize that it's not, yeah, it's not rejection of you. Yes. Right. Right. So first of all, women make phenomenal cold callers across the board. We have an advantage because we can sound professional, confident, friendly, and a little enthusiastic all at the same time where men struggle with that friendly, enthusiastic part. So Across the board, we make phenomenal cold callers right there. I love that. We need to talk about that a little more, but keep keep going with your thought. Right. And when when what I try to do is I find that people are calling way too many, way too many prospects. And what they're doing is they're saying something very generic and it doesn't resonate with anyone. So if I can get people to narrow their 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 prospect list and write strategic scripts that are really clear on how they ha- can help a particular group of people well then the rejection goes down mm-hmm. it just does you know you and it doesn't mean that they don't have multiple targets but everyone has a completely different script it's it's highly strategic so the the rejection is very it's 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 now is not a good time. If we've done a good job in identifying that we can really truly help these people, it's now is not a good time. And uh, they may be using a provider that they really love and they've got a great relationship with. And I am a gardener. I plant seeds and I nurture seeds. I'm not a hunter. 
So my approach is asking for introductory appointments. It's just introductory. So I don't care if somebody is working with a provider. I don't care that money may not be in the budget. I, I don't care about any of that because I just simply want to introduce myself so that if sometime down the line, you need another XYZ, you know me. You, you can call me. You're not scrambling. And so it's almost like due diligence. Like have, I'm your plan B and I do not mind waiting for the other company to somehow mess up or screw up or something go wrong. And I get that call. A lot of people in sales find that it's not aggressive enough. It's they don't want to wait around. They don't want to build relationships with people. They don't want to become... I'm not going to say I'm become best friends, but um, I'm really into relationship building. And, and when I work with a client, I want to help to get them promoted. I want, I want to help them get, make more money. I want them to shine in front of, you know, the, the executives that they work for by teaching them how to prospect and set appointments and all that other stuff. But I get personally involved in their life and yeah. And it's just a completely different approach. And so when you look at it this way, there really is very little objection. There's, 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 there's no rejection, none. Yeah. I think we just have to re, you know, reposition it. And because women though, even though I agree that we are better prospectors overall, I think, I mean, would you agree that, we also, uh, maybe for lack of a better word, suffer more from, you know, imposter syndrome and confidence factors and, and things that may inhibit our success. Yes. So early, so young salespeople who may not have a lot of experience doing what they're doing, that is a struggle because, and especially somebody who wants to be authentic. So how does a young commercial insurance producer call and position themselves as experts and have that kind of confidence when they've really only been doing the job six months mm-hmm. and women have a harder time with that gap. And so um, what I tell them is, and this is just, you know, honest, is that you have more experience in insurance, we, even with your six months, because most companies buy insurance once a year, or sometimes they may renew every year, but they're only looking at it for five years. And you're mm-hmm. going to be working with a senior in, pr- pr- uh, producer. So you're not going to go wrong. You're, you can call with confidence uh, and, and because you're going to be supported all the way. And confidence is key in life. And we are always going to follow the most confident person in the room. And I don't know if you saw my zombie apocalypse uh, LinkedIn uh, post, but the, the idea was- I loved it, by the way. Maybe you can talk about it because it, I absolutely loved it. Yeah. It, and, it's, and it's the truth. You're in a zombie apocalypse. There's a whole bunch of people in a school cafeteria. There's one gentleman who stands up and is firm and confident and clear that he- can, can solve this problem and can save everybody. And he stands with authority. Then you've got the, the professor in another corner who teaches about zombies, but eh, it's not so confident. Or then you've got somebody who's actually fought zombies. 
but not so confident. Everyone, probably everyone is going to follow the one that has the most confidence that they can do this, even though you've got two other people that are more qualified. So if you're calling with, with, and you have your voice, your delivery is professional and confident. People are attracted to people who have higher energy levels and they're going to, more people are going to be attracted to you because it's like this person sounds like, cause it's all in the voice more so than what you say sounds like somebody who knows what they're doing and I should meet with them. This person is worth my time. So and do you do voice training? Yes. Like, is there a technique yes. that, that you use? I, I spend a lot of time on delivery and will even go so far as bring in a voice coach who will work with somebody um, because somebody might be really monotone. And so they don't sound, sound enthusiastic on the phone. And so what it is, is just, it's working on it over and over and over again. And I tell people, imagine you're in charge of a three ring circus, right? So over the top, so ridiculous. Deliver your script with that kind of energy and voice. And they try and it pushes them so far out of their comfort zone that they don't know what to do. But I tell them that it's actually perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. It's interesting because I've been in the call center business for 30, over 30 years. And that's one of the techniques or a similar technique that we use to coach uh, agents who are on the phone on delivering exceptional customer experience, right? And we would put a mirror, um, this is maybe the old days, so I'm sure there's other techniques now, I'm showing my age, but you know, put a, a mirror or some affirmations on there, um, you know, in front of them and be sure that they're smiling because the smile comes through their voice, right? And sometimes it's not about what you're saying, it's about how you're saying it. Um, and so that's one of the techniques that we always taught our agents yes. is talk with a smile. Yes, absolutely. I, I, off, I tell people, you know, there's, there's an element of it's, it's theatrical. Mm-hmm. So you have to find your phone voice and my phone voice I don't like to cold call in front of people because I'm a little insecure about it, but it works and I'm going to use it every single time I cold call. And that's what we have to find with our, with my students is what is your phone voice going to be? And if you're self-conscious about it, as I am, go into an office and do it alone so that nobody can hear you. Um, But once you find the phone voice and it works and you schedule appointments, you're attached to that phone voice (laughs) (laughs) because it gets you where you need to go. And I also encourage all of my clients to take cold calls so that they can hear other people and what works and what doesn't work and what resonates with them. Um, And that helps them get to where they need to go because they listen and hear from other people. And so it doesn't take people very long to realize that 80% of this is their voice and they have to communicate confidence and enthusiasm, conviction, um, because you're talking to a stranger. And your voice carries, you know, it does a lot. Of, it, it, 
it's carries a heavy work, right? It does, it does the majority of the work for you. So you've got to really, really um, spend some time and perfecting it. Yeah, that, that is so interesting. Uh, I'm going to have to find my phone voice 30 years. I don't know. Maybe I have it and I don't even know I have it, which is, you know, kind of an interesting thought. I mean, for me, even still having been in B2B sales and been super successful at it, right? Still prospecting for me is one of my least favorite activities. So it's oh. awesome. <laughs> no, it is. But okay. I'm going to have to try some of your techniques. Yes, um, yes. Because, yes. you know, making it fun and and um, making it almost not a, a game because it's serious, but you know what I mean? Like, um, and I'm going to play with that phone voice thing yeah. because I so think- I- I think you probably have a great phone voice because you have inflection. You're not calling about something that you don't believe in. So right. you're calling. And so you automatically have that conviction and that authenticity. Uh, and in, in fact, I just, sorry to interrupt, but I mean, in fact, I have left organizations when I have lost confidence in their ability to deliver on what I sold to a customer. Because for me, it's more than just selling a product or service. It's a it's a reflection on me and it ties back to my personal integrity. Yes. Right? And so if Absolutely. I lose confidence in the company that I'm working for, I'm out. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, when working with somebody I who has severe call reluctance, my first question is, do you believe in what you're calling about? Do you believe in the company and its founders? Do you want to help build this company? And I know as an appointment setter, I couldn't set appointments for a company that I didn't believe in, mm-hmm. or I believed in their product, but I didn't believe in management because they treated their employees so poor. And it's like, I don't want to build your business. For you, especially when you're selling the dream, you know, if you're selling the possibility, um, if you don't believe in it, you're you will not be successful. But that is very controversial. Is that it is. It is. If you go. Yes, I've I've listened to many, many salespeople, uh, sales trainers that say you don't really have to uh, believe in what you're selling. You that's not. that's not a requirement. And I, of course, roll my eyes <laughs> and, and think, well, why not sell something that you believe in? Why not? It's easier because you're, you're automatically more passionate about it. And if you believe in the mission, that just makes everything else so much easier. Why would, why would you sell something that you didn't believe in? Like that to me is bizarre. So, yeah. but it is controversial. And and I think it may be changing over time. I mean, you know, I think about my uh, my father, who was probably one of the best salespeople I knew. And and you know, for him, um, it was you know his first you know response to when I asked him, you know, why are you so good at selling? Right? It was well, you know, if you throw enough, you know. I'd sit against the wall, right? Um, something's bound to stick, right? But then from there, you know, so he had that numbers game kind of attitude. And I think that is not the stereotype, but I think that is more of a male perspective, right? I think women do have a harder time um, 
selling something they don't believe in um, because it is personal and it is their it is their own integrity and they're about building relationships. This is not, you know, oh, I'm just going to go, I'm going to set the appointment and then I'm going to hand it off and then I'm on to the next call. And, and it's, it's, I don't know, it's more personal than that. Is that, does that hold true? Oh, absolutely. 100%. It holds true. It's we're relationship builders. We care. We men come to business from a position of authority um, they want to be the smartest person in the room. It's very competitive. It can roll over into bullying, right? So mm-hmm. they're not about building relationships. They're about climbing up the ladder and perhaps destroying people on their way. Mm-hmm. Women, they want to rise. You know, they they want to somehow affect the tide so that all the ships go up, right? And and everybody is happy. We care about relationships. We we care about the long-term effect of what we say, because many of us, and I'm this way, I am somebody who is here to serve that in, in everything that I do, I'm here to serve people and to help people. And I think if you look at sales and you look how many women approach sales, it's, that's the reason too, is that they're here to help people. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. So you say you do woo-woo. Um, what's your favorite af- affirmation? Oh, the one that I think is the, the one that, that sometimes is the only one they need to hear is you're allowed to call a business during business hours to talk about business because it's how business gets done. Mm-hmm. You, I give you permission. And it's funny, I'm writing a book on permission and very often that one affirmation will, or the permission that I give them is all that they need and their uh, car reluctance goes away. And I, mm-hmm. and, and I'm like, if you need permission from somebody, I'm delighted to be that person to give you permission to make these calls. Now, what I want you to do is do your homework, be mm-hmm. very clear you're not calling everyone. You're calling the best of the best of the best prospects. You're spending time writing scripts and understanding exactly what their pain is. Cause I don't want you to be a bad cold caller. I don't want you to be one of them. And what I find is when we do the homework, we have the scripts, we have the delivery, we're calling the right people. They're, they're more successful. They're just, they're just more successful. And it's, a it's, uh, uh, it's more rewarding when you have conversations with people and you get meetings and you get to introduce people, then this becomes uh, a fun activity because you're getting something out of it. You're, you're feeding your soul in a way. And and if you're just calling everyone and nobody's responding, yeah, I don't want to do that either. That would be a miserable existence for me. Um, And so I understand it's, it's have responsibility right? Like be responsible with what you're doing. And so a lot of my clients, we come across as consultants. We're not, mm-hmm. we're not cold callers. We get thanked for, for calling. I can't tell you how many times somebody says, has told me, thank you for thinking of me. I never would have known. Thank you for mm-hmm. calling me. We desperately need this. That's not a cold call. That To that person, my cold call wasn't that. 
Um, and so that's what I try to do with all of my with all of my clients is to get them to sound like. Um, and because I believe salespeople are consultants, but I want them to not get put in that bucket. I want them yeah. to be perceived as a consultant. And there is this stigma about being a salesperson. People don't want to be associated with salespeople. And that I think helps business owners or people who don't sell full time. They only sell part time that they don't have to become a salesperson. Or, or take on that sales mentality. It's just you're somebody who knows a lot about something and you're reaching out to people you can help. Whatever you want to call yourself, I don't care. And if you don't want to label yourself a salesperson or you're selling, that's fine too, right? But you're consultant and you're offering your help to people who you know you can best serve. That's yeah, it. That's, that's great. I can't wait to read your book when it comes out, that sounds awesome. Um, So, you know, just to, we're coming at the end of our time, but just, um, you know, as you, you know, an SDR role or prospecting role appointment setting tends to be a really good entry level position in sales. So, you know, if we have some young people listening to our podcast today who are considering a career in sales and thinking about where they should start, what kind of advice and guidance would you give them? First thing is know that you have an advantage because you're a woman, especially with cold calling, you have an advantage. Women are fantastic salespeople. We are gifted in in building relationships and really spend some time thinking about, well, what baggage you're bringing to this? What are you assigning? Because it's mindset. Life is mindset. Truly it's mindset. It's like, what are you, what, what do you, what do you believe to be true about this? And let's talk about whether or not that's, that's true. That's, that's really real. Um, And it, it may be cognitive distortions. You know, they're telling themselves things that, you know, aren't true, but my, I think that companies really need to train because when you're well-trained and you know what you're doing and the the fear will go down of, of not, I don't want to make a mistake. I don't want to appear silly. So they really work for a company that invests in their people and invests in their training. And it has a system of constant improvement. So I would ask lots of questions about, how does the sales manager manage the team? What resources do they provide? Um, what what happens one on one? What happens in group meetings? Because um, you're going to want to be supported, and and you're going to want to be well trained. I there are many instances where somebody will get hired, and the person that's hiring them doesn't know how to cold call themselves, and they'll just say, "Go get me appointments. I don't care what you say." And find your list, and it and it's like baptism by fire, and that prescription for failure, <laughs> absolutely. And so I would watch out for that type of you know organization. Yeah, great advice. That's great <laughs> advice. Um, and so, how can people get a hold of you? Yes. So um, 
I, you could certainly, I'm going to give you my phone number and I promise it will be the best cold call of your life because I will pick <laughs> up the phone and I will talk to you and I'll be nice to you. So my number is 845-831-2831, 845-831-2831, or you can email me and, or go through my website and it's prospecting-works. Com. And if you want to email me, it's Jennifer, Jennifer at prospectingworks.com. And I'm always up for a friendly conversation about this. Um, and so there's no obligation. There's not going to be any hard sell if you call. Um, and I've got lots of programs. Some are just uh, deal with an aspect of cold calling, like script writing or uh, call reluctance or delivery or overcoming objections. Those are little monthly programs, or I have a three-month training program. That is so awesome. Jennifer, thank you so much. I'm going to, I'm going to go practice my, uh, my cold calling voice right now. (laughs) I'm sure you don't need it, (laughs) but thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate you being on the show. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.